listening to Along Those Lines on the Cine Sports Talk Radio Network. I guess we just start. Hi, everyone that's listening. Hello, friends. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for tuning in to Along Those Lines, the radio show. (laughs) Created by the lovely Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just call me Lynn? (laughs) I was going to give you a nickname, but then it didn't work. So this is Layla. Introduce yourself, the creator of... Hi, this is Layla, and that's Geodoxy. Yes, hello from New York City. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I guess we can tell people who we are, even though I'm pretty sure it's like only our friends and family that are listening right now, but (laughs) it's okay. So, yeah, like Gia said, my name is Layla. I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I went to college in Orlando at uh, my alma mater is the home of the 2018 national champions, (laughs) University of Central Florida. And I studied TV production and creative writing. And then I moved out to Los Angeles, California, where I am pursuing a career in that, although it's not going to plan yet, but it will, but it will. <laughs> it definitely will, and this is our way to get there. Exactly. <laughs> this is... yeah, so, national champs, go UCF. Um, yes. Yeah, so, go Knights. Go Knights. Charge on. Charge on. That's like the new <laughs> Yeah, so thankfully, Layla actually perfectly combined um like the cine sports talk ways which is half movies half sports <laughs> um we will not be discussing too much about sports or at all no. really unless it's a uh, the only thing i'll say about sports is go bolts penguins suck so did the flyers the tampa bay lightning which oh. is yeah the hockey team <laughs> which is weird because i have never lived in tampa but i, I love hate that. tampa you hate Tampa? <laughs> I, I love Tampa. I always said, like, if I were to somehow, ha- like, end up back in Florida and I, like, gunned to my head, had to, like, pick a city to live in, I would pick Tampa all the way. It's just, like, I think it's one of the nicest cities in Florida. Wow. But anyways, not only because the lightning are there, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, anyways, maybe we've only no, been Gia. to, like... Like the weird parts of Tampa, I just had very yeah, strange maybe. memories there. I'll, I'll um, take you. I'll take you to the aquarium and to a lightning game when we go, and then okay, perfect. Mind. Yeah, I really, yeah. yeah I <laughs> if we it. ever go, you like hockey? <laughs> this is yeah. an important game. <laughs> I mean, you live in New York. You you need to uh, get caught up in your Rangers. I do. I Although do. I don't that, think that they're doing so very fun. well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll absolutely go to Madison Square Garden and check it out. Yes, it's so much fun. But anyways, Gia, live from New York, it's Gia Doxy. Live from New York? I'm going to say that every time we introduce you now. Perfect. Live from well, New York, and, it's Gia well, Doxy. Well, SNL goes live on, all, every, on both coasts now, so. The, oh, oh, that is true. Thing. Same, so live from Los Angeles. Yeah, but um, they yeah, don't so say from everybody. Los Angeles. <laughs> true. <laughs> so hello again, everybody. Um, so yeah, my name is Gia. Um, I actually met Layla at UCF. Um, So my story is I am from Boca Raton, Florida, South Florida, um, where actually I got to get to know this in a sports talk team because they 
like we're, we're based in Florida. So thank you so much for having me back. Um, I was actually a, a content contributor and movie critic for CST from 2014 to 2015. And then when school started, like full throttle, that was when life kind of took a crazy turn. So I was a, um, I graduated with my degree in journalism and a minor in cinema studies. So woo, woo, woo. And um, I'm also pursuing a career in the TV film industry. And this is actually the coolest thing ever. So I always knew Layla in college. And I always thought she was like, the coolest person. Just, like, <laughs> this from is a funny and story. Like, and everyone's like, oh, my God, like, Layla, she's so cool. And I followed her on Instagram. And I'm just like, okay, she's like too cool for me to like, <laughs> talk to, I guess. And, um, and so, but then um, last summer, a few friends of mine and I started a, um, uh, basically created our own SNL episode. Um, or we tried like our own series. It's called Sketched Out, which is basically our the the UCF version of SNL. So I was the EP and you know the host and the writer and all that fun stuff. And yeah, she did everything. <laughs> no, I didn't know because Leah, because I, I she wanted to join. I was like, oh my god, you have to. This was so much fun. And we actually became really really good friends um, last mm-hmm. summer. And and then we, we went to church together. We did like a bunch <laughs> of different things. And, and she directed one of the sketches and it was like, and that was the sketch that I wrote and it was super dear to my heart and um, we became really good friends ever since. Yeah. And so I hope I, got... I did that sketch justice, by the way. <laughs> oh my God. No, it was freaking, I loved it so much. The editing <laughs> process was crazy though, but it was, yeah. it was done amazingly well. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, she seriously like made my dream come true because SNL is my favorite thing in the world. Um, <laughs> so then we both graduated um, last August. And Layla actually didn't even walk at graduation. She was like, nope, I'm moving to LA. That's the dream. Peace out. And then she- Yep. I finished my classes here. <laughs> yep. I was super happy for her. And then uh, three weeks later, I moved to New York. So now we're both like the New York, LA, like best buds. But um, Yeah, all- bi-coastal buds. <laughs> yes, for sure. And, um, but we both um, also went through, or still going through a major like, who am I post-grad, <laughs> yes. confusion, missing college, we have no idea what the hell we're doing. Yes, and that's kind of where this uh, show was born, <laughs> kind of, because we were like, we need something, we need something to lead us along this path, something to keep us going, Definitely. and then we created it, yeah. Yeah, so she had the idea, she called me, she's like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, hell yes let's do it when should we start so we just we created our um like we picked a few things that we're gonna do so we should we should talk about what we're gonna do with- oh yeah that would be nice i think people deserve to know what they're looking <laughs> so g and i as we've told you we have a love for entertainment and film and tv whatever speaking for myself though i am also a bibliophile i love books and reading um and that's kind of where my love for the storytelling aspect of like TV and film came from and I was actually when I came up with this idea for the for the show I was reading it by Stephen King and watching the movie at the same time well the first half of the movie and I was like wow this is like there are so many differences I was like I could talk about this all day like the differences the similarities like what I mean not what I would have done but like uh, understanding like some of the choices that the director had to make to make the movie work, even though it wasn't part of the book, whatever. 
so that's basically where the idea came from. Uh, so we're going to be talking about. Hold on, let me let me think of how to word. <laughs> I totally forgot about how, how to word this. I'll Creative um, choices that like filmmakers make. Yeah, it's basically book from book to movie adaptations, and that was yeah, my, yes. what was super interesting for me. Well. Full disclosure, this is going to sound so bad. So I'm a journalist. I mostly, well, I, I was a student journalist and I mostly read like articles and news and I, re I rarely, rarely read literature. And I, I'm, I'm a movie yeah. person. I, I watch movies. That's my thing. Like there's yeah. a, a family guy scene where he's just like, like when like he's in a store and he thinks he sees like a, a DVD shelf and he's like, ah, it's books. Like that's me. Like, I just <laughs> don't read. Um, which is awful because like all, if I could spend my entire life watching movies, that yeah. is what I would do. That's my happy place. Mm -hmm. um, but it, this is also great because I, I want to start reading and because I, I want to start <laughs> writing too. And as Stephen King said in his book on writing, one of the full books I actually read completely in high school. That's because it's a fantastic book. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, because you have in order to be a good writer, you have to read a lot. You have to write a lot. And I'm trying right. to write screenplay, so this is like the perfect mm -hmm. way to hold me accountable. And although. I admit, I did not read the book we are talking about <laughs> today. Um, I will hopefully do it more in the future. So you guys can yeah. be accountable, please, as we move forward. Things have just yeah. been very crazy. Um, I know, yeah. I mean, life happens. Yeah, and, yeah. life is happening right now. So um, yeah. I can pull you in on that later. But um, right. well, wait, but I have all, yeah, I have all the knowledge of the book. So I can fill you in on things. And then I can get your genuine first impression on like, oh like why was it like that you know what I mean which, right. is, which is also fun yeah and I have so but, many questions for you to see how things were done differently in the yeah. book too so yeah we're gonna do it this way for the first yeah time. but we're so excited because we get to talk about an art form that we love which is movies and storytelling so I'm super excited and because I've always wanted to do a podcast radio show kind of thing. I don't know what we're supposed to call it. <laughs> yeah, so we are on the Cine Sports Talk Radio Network, which I'm sure if you're listening, yes. you already know, um, which I think yes. is awesome because it's not like, because as much as we both own being millennials, it's cool to say radio show than podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I love anything vintage and radio is like vintage now. So. Yes. So we are both <laughs> super nostalgic people, which is. Yeah. Which, yeah well, another thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that like where you said we're super nostalgic people, which like, like from the book and movie that we're doing today, we picked it because it's nostalgic. <laughs> Exactly. We're not gonna, I'm not going to say what it is just yet, but until we, like, really get started, but, um, oh, but I also wanted to say, before I forget, uh, I want to thank all of the people at Cinesports Talk Network for putting their blind trust into us, I mean, not into Gia, because they already know Gia, but into me, uh, oh. <laughs> letting me do this show when they don't even know me, I'm literally on the opposite coast, but Steve, he's al already been, like, so welcoming, and I'm so happy to like yeah. doing this with thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, everybody. Thank yeah, you, everybody. Oh, it's great. But you know what's hysterical? Um, because I've known them for like four and a half years now. Like we've, the only person I've met on the CST team is Mike. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't met anybody in person. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But we should dive in. Um, but um, we do have a disclaimer, though. This. Oh, yeah. um, so one of the main reasons also why I wanted to do this was because people don't have no original ideas in film anymore and because everything is adapted but there's definitely a reason why 
these movies are made. And um, I think it's important that we talk about these stories um, yes. that we're going to talk about this season. And um, I know Layla has a, 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 spe- a specific disclaimer she wants to say um, about oh. how it's not a... Um, yeah, I just want to say, okay, so we are both 23-year-olds, like, fresh out of college. We just got our degree. Oh, oh yeah, Gia's not even 23 yet. Um, Well, we're almost, yeah, she's almost 23. Anyways, uh, we are no means professionals or, you know, we're not film critics. So I just wanted to say that this is purely speculation. This is purely opinion, and we're not trying to demean any of the directors or authors or screenwriters that make these movies and books and everything because and because it's just our opinion and who cares we're just we just like talking about movies and we're not trying to critique anyone we're just expressing our opinions and that's all I wanted to say Yes. Yes. <laughs> two two movie lovers just talking about movies and books. Yeah. Um, because and we're also drinking, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> because okay. what else would we be doing <laughs> on a Tuesday night? The millennial flair we have to have on this for sure. Um, yes. So our our great loves are books, movies, and booze. Yep. Which is the basis of this. Yeah. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, that's actually what I wrote. (laughs) So we decided that we would come up with this little kitschy little thing that we do before every episode. Well, because, well, first of all, I just find thing I just find talking a lot easier when I'm like a little buzzed. And especially now because this is the first show and I'm like, I want it to be good. So I don't want to be nervous and like, fuck it up. I'm sorry if I can't say fuck. I'm sorry. So no, you did can just now. Yeah, we both cursed a fuck ton. So we're gonna... oh yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have a good we time. We may look sweet and innocent, but we have the mouth of a fucking sailor. So yeah. So we came up with this thing. We're like, this would be so much more enjoyable if we were drinking. And so we decided that every episode we would have a drink that we make ourselves, sort of. <laughs> And name it based on an element of the book slash movie that we're reviewing today, or on the on the episode. So earlier I said that the book slash movie that we chose to do for our very first episode um, was very nostalgic, which is the reason why we wanted to do it for our first episode, because at least in my case, it holds a very special place in my heart. Yes. And uh, Gia, do you feel the same way? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I think the first time I read it, I was in fifth grade. But I actually watched the movie before I read the book, which rarely happens for me. But that book slash movie that we're doing is Holes. Yay! By Lewis and Giggity, Carr. but not giggity. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Giggity. Not the, yeah. not the okay. holes you're thinking of, even though this is an adult show. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes, we're just we're going to talk about all the holes today. <laughs> Every single one of them. But Holes, the children's novel um, by Lewis Sakar. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I think it sounds cool when I say it like that. I'm reading this off of the cover of the book right now. He's the winner of the Newbery Medal and the National Book Award. And I actually read on online... Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that he actually has won a Nobel Prize. Wow. Yeah. 
I think. Do not quote me on that. I will do okay. a fact check. I'll do a fact check at the end, but I'm pretty sure I saw that unless I read Newberry as Nobel. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see, because I have, I'm, I always have my laptop on. Let me see. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, Gia, can be the fact check? Yes. Okay, well, I'll, I'll look that up and then you tell them what you're drinking. Um, since we're doing holes, I hope you all have read the book. Let me just say that the book was published in 1998 and the movie came out in 2003. So great, a great year for movies, by the way. Yes. Yes. The, all the 2000s, just great, great year, but it's been, so that means it's been 15 years since the movie came out. So if you're going to complain about spoilers, like you can get the fuck out of here because it's been 15 years and you should have already seen this fucking classic. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. So anyways, um, the drink that I am drinking, it is called the Barf Bag. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't know, Barf Bag is, uh, he's a very small character in the book and movie, but he is there nonetheless. He is the uh, camper that Stanley replaces when he goes to Camp Green Lake. And the Barf Bag, I know it sounds disgusting, but it's actually just... Pinot Grigio in a mason jar. <laughs> um, but, uh, 23 California LA, as you can get. Uh, right, yeah, yes, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, and I didn't plan on this, I only like just came up with it when I was in the store buying the alcohol. <laughs> I, it's actually barefoot Pinot Grigio, and I bought the barefoot because barf bag in the beginning of the movie uh he takes off his shoe and his sock so he is barefoot to let the rattlesnake bite him so he can leave camp green lake so that's why i'm calling it barf bag <laughs> yes do you see the detail we take into the show we really care yeah. so much about yeah, yeah we love we love symbolism and all that we uh, do which stuff, we need so. to talk about yes that's my favorite part all right, all right so geo <laughs> Gia, what are you what are you drinking? I am drinking a disgusting eight dollar Merlot. Um, <laughs> eight whole dollars? Oh my god! Yep, I just went to the store, um, like a, like a bodega, and I got one of these. And because because bodegas are like these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're like New York specific. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so um, but, so it's a red wine, of course, and um, I got the red because I want to name it the Kiss and Kate Barlow drink yes and because it's I feel like perfect. that's all she drank also. also sorry I feel like that's all she drank also I can just see her just drinking red wine on her horse or something I can definitely <laughs> yeah when she's not when she wasn't like after because at first she was all about the peaches in the movie mm-hmm. and then she was switched to wine so she was all green right, right. um right. but so when I when since like this is a very it's not a very rich merlot honestly I really don't taste that much sometimes it tastes like robitussin which is really gross <laughs> Um, but I'm drinking it anyway so so when it hits the light in a certain way it looks like the shade of lipstick she wore in the movie so yeah it definitely works and um I find her character very fascinating um but actually because I always grew up like really thinking how interesting she was but then when I rewatched the movie again yesterday um I really was interested in the warden it was like Sigourney Weaver's character. Yes. Um, oh, I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found her much more um, like dynamic and interesting in the movie. Yes. And I would love to see her how she was in the book because I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot to her that they 
that was explored, but very subtly, mm-hmm. and it could have been, um, like, just totally different. Look. So, yeah. How should we kick off? Okay, so I told you guys the book was published in 1998 by um, author Louis Sicar, and the movie w- uh, came out in theaters, right? It was theaters? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, in 2003. Um, it is a Disney movie. And the director was Andrew Davis. And I don't know about you, Gia, but I don't know any other movies that Andrew Davis has done. But let me just say, uh, this one's already my favorite. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're, so. I really didn't either. Let me take a quick look, actually. Um, he, um, let me just take a drink of this barf bag. Oh, wow. He directed The Fugitive. That's huge. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a big jump. <laughs> that's what I could you know because here's the thing with movie because this is a very like early 2000s oh wait, late well yeah early 2000s late 90s yeah. like look and feel mm-hmm. so I can kind of see him with like that adventure yeah you know, like in a way but the fugitive came out in 93 so this was a 10-year jump and um oh, wow. I looked it up so so well Louis Sakar he he wrote the screenplay also. He did not win mm-hmm. the Nobel Prize. He wasn't he the Nobel Prize. Um, <laughs> okay, I just misread that. <laughs> I mean, Louis Sakar. So, Louis Sakar, he, he did not win. The, he won the Nobel Prize. He did not win the Nobel Prize. But then the director, <laughs> um, Andrew Davis, he also worked on um, uh, Collateral Damage and a Perfect Murder, too, which is oh. very interesting. So, he went from... Um, like more definitely more like adult to like kids movies which okay I'm getting ahead of myself but there's because there's very there's a lot of adult themes in holes that mm-hmm. worked very well for kids like with when, yeah when Kate Barlow basically like it was like assisted suicide with the I mean yeah lizard sexual harassment and all that <laughs> yeah no I which I want to I'm gonna like when we get to that part I'm going to talk about that because I think it's I mean, I won't tell you my opinion now, but yeah, like that is one of the things that like has stood out to me, but I like, I don't think it affected me in like a bad way when I was a kid. It, it just, and it just never occurred to me. I don't think until I realized like what suicide was and everything like that, like, mm-hmm. because I haven't watched this movie and I want to, I want to say like seven years maybe close to ten years like so long that like I hadn't experienced like anything like that like I hadn't experienced or hadn't known anyone who had committed suicide I like wasn't hearing about it obviously because I led a sheltered life (laughs) in Scranton PA but and I was just like no she just like did what she had to do but um but now it's like okay yeah that's pretty like heavy yeah (laughs) but anyways we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves that's like the end of the movie almost yes spoiler alert by the way (laughs) anyways let me let's start out with I'll tell you what I think like when I first started reading the book again because like I said I read this when I was in like fifth grade but like from the moment you start reading this book and I hope everyone anyone else who has read this um or plans on reading it again in the future, like, feels the same way. Uh, But from the moment you start reading it, like, you just hit the ground running, and you're invested. And it wastes no time in getting into the story. Like, there are some books... Okay, Stephen King, love him to death. Love him so much. The detail that he puts in his books is, like, uh, is unmatched. 
and everything that he does is a masterpiece. But I will say that sometimes he can get a little long-winded, and I confess that I kind of have a, a shorter attention span than I'd like to admit, but I like when books like this, like, it kind of just gets right to the point, and, and that's what Holes does. So that's why, part of the reason why I like the book. The other part is just that it's just a crazy story that, I mean, it's, like, woven together perfectly, and I'm sure that you can say the same because, like, the book is essentially the movie, which okay. I, I'll tell you that right now. It's very, it's very similar to the movie, and from what I can see, the movies that were made back then in, like, the 2000s and before that are based on books, they're all very similar. Like, the screenplays are very similar to the books. Because I forget what other book I was reading. But I watched the movie. Oh, it was, like, Harry Potter. Like, the very, yeah. very early. Like, the first three Harry Potter books. I read the book, then I would watch the movie right afterwards. And I love it when the movies kind of, like, verbatim, like, quotes from the book yes. are put in the movie. and Completely match up, like, yeah. Right, and I'm like, yes, like, I remember reading that line, I love it, and I'm so glad, like, I I love that, and I feel like movies nowadays, like, or book-to-movie adaptations nowadays, like, they just change so much, because they want it to be so dynamic, but, like, back then it was so much more simple, like, it was so, it was simpler, like, they just did, they just adapted the screenplay to the, to the book, and made the changes that they had to, and I think that's what Holes did. Right. So... Well, that's yeah. good to hear because I'm very much I, I'm the same way. I, I enjoy that because there's a magic to, to like seeing things verbatim because you see things yeah. a certain way when you do read and then mm-hmm. I well, or when I read a little bit. <laughs> and, um, especially with Harry Potter and um and for me like I like the first four are my favorite and mm. um cause, and those were actually the only like total confession with Harry Potter. I only read the first four. Oh, Gia, you're out. You can't. No, I we can't do this anymore. Well, I, when we get to our Harry Potter series, I'll definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's interesting because um, yeah, I definitely like to see them match up, yeah. and that also kind of leads to a discussion we can probably get to later, just about mm-hmm. um, like with with remake after remake now, like at least like with because yeah. especially with Disney movies, um, because mm-hmm. now it's all about like the live action and. And like I'm very like some things I want to be cookie cutter, other things I don't. So it's very interesting yeah. to see why I want things a certain way. Um, yeah. But back to back to holes though. Um, it definitely like the movie starts like literally verbatim hitting the ground running when you see Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. like because he's, he's running away and a lot of flashbacks. Well, to- yeah, he got hit in the face with, with the sneak. I know. The shoot. The sneak, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it definitely started that way. But I want to ask you a question about so, as we all know, like Holes is about is about St- a, a boy named Stanley Yelnets who basically gets like like wrong place, wrong time. Like he always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, right. Poor kid. I know. He, <laughs> well, first, well, the first thing is like he um, he's just like 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 walking down the street and like he gets like the, like sneakers fall from the sky and mm-hmm. he gets accused of stealing these million dollar shoes from the from five thousand dollars. <laughs> Let me just, just put that in. yeah, they were actually in the book they actually it actually says they were worth five thousand dollars because I had a problem with wait a minute, this kid is like I think he's like twelve years old. He's supposed to be no, maybe 
maybe a little bit older than that, but still a minor. And they were like, yeah, we're going to throw you in jail. And I'm like, right. Are you really going to throw this 13 year old kid in jail? Like that is, but then they said it's like $5,000. And I'm pretty sure that qualifies as a felony if it's that much money. That makes sense. Yeah. But these crazy dramatic measures for all these kids. I know. I was like, um, okay. It's like, oh, I was joyriding. Okay, go to Camp Green Lake and go holes for the day. Like, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Dig some holes. Oh, but uh, let's finish the synopsis, um, I guess. But basically, sure. yeah. So he, Stanley gets sent, unjustly gets sent to uh, Camp Green Lake, which is a boys' detention center. I'm literally reading off the back of the book. <laughs> but the boys are meant to dig holes all day, every day, uh, to build character, but the whole, but that is just basically a cover-up for a larger scheme that is going on at Camp Green Lake, and Stanley has to uncover the truth, yes. and that is it. <laughs> Which, of course, perfectly goes with his family heritage and all these crazy stories to go oh, oh, with, yeah. which, is, which is awesome. Yeah. It's just, and that's, it's just such an interesting, completely creative story, like, there's no, way like, mm-hmm. this didn't, like only from Louisa Carr's mind, which is great. Oh yeah, she, there's nothing like yeah. it. Really, seriously, there will. Yeah, there's nothing like this story, and um, and there never will be. Honestly, like yeah, it's I mean, just so cool. And plus, it's a movie about kids, which is mm-hmm. one of my personal like favorite things to um to observe is, is how minors um <laughs> this is gonna, that's gonna sound weird without if you if you just like cut it right there, it's gonna sound weird. <laughs> um, just like. Just observing how, how, like, kids and teenagers, like, think, because I think they are so in tune with life and with what really matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, they just have really good instincts. And they, they do. do. That adults just, like, overlook. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they just, it makes, life is just so simple, and adults make it complicated. <laughs> it's terrible. I um, know. So, <laughs> piggybacking off of that, which is... <laughs> Which, for those of you who don't know, that is the name of the skit that Gia wrote and I directed. Yeah, we can share. Yeah, we'll post a link. We'll post a link. <laughs> um, so basically, um, yeah. So my piggybacking off of that, my question is: in the book, is the trial long? Because I feel like it was it was so quick for him to just get there, like just right. to get to Cram Green Lake, and there wasn't yeah. enough time to for him to explain. And they do have, like, flashbacks, like, back to, like, his sentencing and with yeah. the, the client with see, like, as, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. what was the trial like in the book? So the trial itself, I mean, they did, obviously they didn't go into, like, the whole thing. But the, I mean, as I'm sure most people know, like, in real life, trials and sen- there's, like, trial sentencing, hearings, like, all this crap that goes into, um, I guess, deeming someone guilty and incarcerating them and stuff like that. So in the book, obviously, it just skips right to, okay, you're guilty, Stanley. You're going to go to jail, but there's also an opening at Camp Green Lake. Which one do you choose? So it is short in it, but they do touch on the fact it took them a while to get to that point because Clyde Livingston, he's in the book, he is a uh, like major league baseball player, he's a really famous baseball player, and because Clyde Livingston had baseball like games and practices, or whatever, they kept having to push back the hearing date. Yeah, so it did, I guess, take a couple of months for Stanley to actually get sentenced. 
Okay. Yeah, which actually goes, I'll just, like, mention this right now. Um, so when Stanley goes to camp, Zero is already there, and we, I mean, because we already know the, the story, like, Zero um, was the one, actually the one who stole the shoes. So we're like, wait, why did Zero, like, get there before Stanley? So I guess they don't really mention that in the movie, but in the book it's, t- it's stated that, like, Zero got there because the next day he got busted for whatever and then he just got sent right there. But it took so long for Stanley to get there because his trial get, kept getting pushed back because Kyle Livingston had baseball. Right, so. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I know like, yes. Will Fuss in the... That's actually really interesting with how quickly his, like, Zero's process was because yeah. I know he was awarded the state in the mm-hmm. movie, so it mm-hmm. makes, like, I, I guess I kind of get how that would work. But I wonder in real life how that would pan out. Too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it would still it would still take months. I mean, I don't know in Zero's case because he is a ward of the state. Like he, I mean, he was homeless and basically an orphan, sort of, until the very end. But yeah, I mean, he he didn't have his mom, um, no dad. He was just living on the streets by himself. So I don't know how long that would have taken. But gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that definitely makes sense in the movie why they wouldn't have like really explains um Livingston's um like his need to push it back like with yeah 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 because they would have just like the commercial yeah is that yeah um yeah yeah it's in the book basically yeah um yeah because I I feel if they put that in there like about Kyle Livingston like having to push back the that it would just get clunky because the movie moves pretty quickly. Um, yeah, very. And so that would, I think that would kind of slow it down. Be- and because it's a movie, we just kind of accept the fact that, like, yeah, okay, this is just, we kind of have to assume that it's been going on for a while, but, like, it's happening really fast. Yeah. yeah but when you so. watched it when you were younger, did the movie seem like it was longer to you than other movies? Because this is right under two hours. You know, yeah. like, I, I, growing up, I always thought it was, like, a longer, like, oh, wow, this, uh-huh. like, this story is so long and intricate and interesting. <laughs> and then when I watched it, I was like, this is, like, the perfect amount of time. It is, yeah. yeah and it was great. Um, um, yeah. I think I'm, I can't really remember. I may have because, you know, back then I was only watching, like, Disney, like, cartoon movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, those are pretty short. But, yeah, maybe this one was, like, one of the long ones. And I'm pretty sure this was one of the, like, this is probably like completely inaccurate, but I'm just gonna say it anyways. It's like one of the first like live action movies that I yeah. watched. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess maybe like live action Disney movies that I've watched because mm-hmm. I've obviously like there are more live action movies that I've seen, but at the time this mm-hmm. was like a revelation to me. I don't know. I just thought it was like the best movie ever. I still think it's one of the best movies. Me too. And books. Like I love yeah. it. <laughs> the story just really stays with you. Like well, with, especially with me because we were I, we were seven when this came out. And, yeah. Um, but there's so many details that you remember, and of course you remember mm-hmm. the song and oh my god, yeah, the cast and everything. And it's just funny because like if so, if people so if there are any like Gen Z anyone listening to this or anyone like younger than us like in like like it was like 18 or around them around there someone who was born in the 2000s (laughs) yeah which is crazy 
Um, yeah, because you're in college, you were born in 2000. It's nuts. It's not, and um, but basically, side note: one of my coworkers just told me that she was born in the year 2000, and I was like, "Ew, <laughs> so old." I mean, I'm not old. I'm only 23 years, but I was like, "No way!" So strange. And she like works with me. How did you get a job here? You're like two. I know. <laughs> it's it's like you were born when Xenon was like supposed to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> just. Anyway, sorry. I'm so sorry. Continue what you're saying. No, it's okay. Well, the reason I bring that up is because, like, I I knew Shia LaBeouf. I feel like younger people know Shia LaBeouf. I'm like, just do our videos. And yeah. I, like, we know him and from being crazy. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, mean, I, I know Shia later. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't watch even Stevens. Sorry. But, oh, it's so good. Okay. I know. I just, I know. But, um, yeah, yeah. Holes was the very first movie that pretty much that I that I saw him in and I was like okay and then and then I saw Transformers Transformers and I was like oh my god it's Stanley <laughs> I know it's so, crazy um, yeah and Shia yeah. this is like for casting later too like he's also oh, yeah. um, in a movie called Nymphomaniac which was oh. it's exactly what you think it is it's a very yeah. very x-rated movie um when he was younger no so this was it came out t- early 2010s ish it was before 2014 um but yeah so he was in this like crazy sex movie that was on netflix for a while it's like it was a british movie um so it's interesting to see how because like in this is how i remember shia labeouf which is awesome um did you think he was a good stanley young nuts i guess we're getting into casting kind of early but did you think no i mean let's let's just get it because we're gonna have to talk about the characters so let's like talk yeah. about who they are and stuff um so yeah I I loved Shia, Shia LaBeouf as Stanley Yelnats just because I mean I don't know what other people think I think that he's great I know he kind of plays the same kind of character in every movie that he does I don't know about that nymphomaniac movie but um, <laughs> just the way that he acts and like his weird like quirky mannerisms and like um I don't know I feel like he is the same person but I loved I thought he was perfect as Stanley in the movie because the Stanley in the book he's a little more reserved okay you know like he um I mean Stanley is I mean I guess he kind of comes out of his shell a little bit more with the boys towards the middle of the movie but in the book he's very I mean First of all, the biggest difference for, of Book Stanley and Movie Stanley is that Book Stanley is overweight. Oh. Um, yeah, so he he gets bullied a lot, obviously, like at school and everything. And so that's why he's kind of like this really shy, reserved person. And like to add to, the, to his whole thing, it, that like he's very unlucky. He's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. So he just like just he doesn't feel I don't know he doesn't feel like confident or anything like that so um Mm -hmm. but I do I did like Shia LaBeouf as as Stanley in the movie but oh let me just say this so I was watch I actually watched the movie all the way through to the credits I don't know why but I'm glad I did because there's actually an after credit scene that's just like really cute but yeah um, but at the in the end it says introducing Shia LaBeouf. 
Yeah, I'm like, what? What? I was gonna bring that up too. Yeah, it's, I don't get that because th- that's why. That's why I, I was gonna. That's why I brought it up because they said that, and I'm like, no, he was established before that, right? Too. But I'm thinking, and, and the credit starts with Sigourney Weaver too to get people yeah, see it, right? Yeah, yeah. which, which like, is weird. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, as a kid, I didn't know who she was, but, like, my aunts, who I was watching it with, and, like, my mom, they were all like, oh, like, we love her stuff. Obviously, like, they knew who she was. But I'm like, who is this this bitch? But, but right. <laughs> <laughs> I probably didn't say that, but that's what excuse I'm Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. But, I, I mean, I loved Shia LaBeouf through everything. He, oh, I just thought he was so great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so interesting. I had no idea he was, um, like, bullied as a... Um, yeah. Like in the book, because I was also going to ask that because, um, well, because even though, so you said he was reserved more, but um, but Stanley definitely seemed kind of cunning in the movie because when um, uh, when Zigzag was like, hey, like you, if you see something, you give it to me. I've been here the longest. Like, um, like, yeah. so, they, so they can get their X-ray. X-ray says. Oh, X-ray. Line. Sorry, not Zigzag. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Yeah, X. No, you're too much of the wine already. Um, <laughs> Yeah, with X-ray and because he's like, well, why don't you just give give the like give it to um to Mister Sir in the morning because then you get the whole day right. off instead of yeah. like the day after you already he already finished mm-hmm. digging his hole. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, and I, I wondered if it, it would. Do you think Book Stanley would say something like that? Well, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah. So- cool. Uh, yeah, which is another thing, like, I was reading, I was like, this is, I mean, this is great. I love Stanley as a character, as it is, even though he is, like, a little reserved and quiet, but he, like I said, he does come out of his shell, um, and he is really smart because, I mean, in the book, and I guess they don't really touch on this in, in the movie, but, I mean, he has no friends, so all he does is, like, you know, schoolwork, he reads, he writes, whatever he does, um, yeah, it's to, like... Their book Stanley and um, and movie Stanley are essentially the same, except for their um, physical stature. I, I guess, guess. Mm-hmm. That, if that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because yeah. he's obese in the book and skinny in the movie. Um, which I don't know if that is important in any way. Like I was trying to think of how it could be important, but I guess it's really not. And I guess that's why they just cast Shia LaBeouf to begin with and because you know like Hollywood movie standards like and body standards like everyone has to be skinny and beautiful and stuff like that so right um, especially if you're a lead character yeah right exactly yeah they would have like the protagonist be like that. yeah because I feel like if right. it was if that was the case it would it would be like two separate movies because they would have to focus on that mm-hmm. storyline for a Disney movie yeah and like even even in the book they like hardly touched on that fact like I mean, so when Stanley first gets to the camp, he, when he's digging the hole, he thought, like, his weight would help him, like, if he jumped on the, the shovel or whatever, but, like, it doesn't really, and then by the end of the book, he just says, like, oh, I had lost, like, however mu- much weight, like, I don't think I look the same as, like, when I got here or whatever, and he gets stronger, too, because, like, he's been digging the holes, but, I mean, I guess that's the same, that's still the same yeah, as skinny Stanley, so... Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, we've been talking about Stanley a lot, but obviously because he is the main protagonist. I want to talk about one of my favorite characters in any <laughs> book or movie, 
Mr. Sir, <laughs> played by John Voight, one of the greatest actors. <laughs> I love John Voight. First John Voight movie I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the first time I... And, and, and then actually, uh, the next time I saw John Voight, I think, was also in Transformers. And I was like, it's yes. Mr. Sir. <laughs> no, that was going to be one of my trivia questions. Oh, oh no. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Guess, I guess casting is hard to do for trivia because, of course, I have to like I I have to look up the casting. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. I all I'm gonna say about Mr. Sir is that he was absolutely perfect in in the movie. They cast him perfectly, and John Voight did a perfect job portraying Mr. Sir. It's exactly like how he is in the book, and it's great. The one thing that I love that the movie does that the book doesn't do is he, they kind of go into more of, like, Mr. Sir's backstory right at the very end, though. Yes, right. And it's, like, just enough for us to be, like, okay. Because, I mean, the only reason why they were doing it is to give, you know, the authorities a reason to close Camp Green Lake. But um, do you remember what Mr. Sir's, like, real name is? Of course. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I'm blanking on it. But it was Marion. Marion. Yes. I, I know that was a girl's name. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, what was oh it yeah, like? I didn't Mar- know. Marion, what? I'm like Marion, like Sir. I don't know some something, like something. Italian sounding name. Yeah, I don't know. But um. And for the record, point, there, was, name a, is there was a pause, but I did not look that up. I feel the need to say that. I, I was just looking <laughs> for a second. Yeah, Layla's watching me. I'm not doing. I am. Oh, it's okay. I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out. And then, um, yeah. So he was perfect. Did you? You loved Mr. Sir. Mr. Oh, Sir of course. Great. Yeah. No, I quote. Yeah. I still quote him all the time with my sister because it's like once upon a time, mm-hmm. like there was a place <laughs> where it never rained. <laughs> oh my god! I was literally ju- I was just about to say that. That's like one of my favorites. <laughs> and when I was younger, I used to think that was the funniest thing, and I thought I was the funniest person when I would like say it to people, and like they would laugh, and I'm like, ha ha ha! I'm so funny. But I literally just ripped it off from holes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Man. No, it's yeah. I guess like because we we're not used to like jokes like that when we're younger and yeah Yeah, no it's all new to us yeah yeah (laughs) no it's great I still (laughs) the first time being exposed to comedy was when I watched holes (laughs) (laughs) okay so next character um another side character Mr. Pendansky yeah who uh is played by Tim Blake Nelson who I know he's in that new show that's on Netflix. I let me see what. Yeah, the magical internet. I I feel like it has something to do with like Dirty Harry or something like that. No, he he is like um like a nerdy like the nerdy Clint Eastwood. That's how I. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He's in um. What is? It's another like Western show though, where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That the true Don Quixote. No. Coming out. The Watchmen. No, it's like the Ballad of something. Not the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buster Scruggs? Yes. Yeah, that. Buster okay. Scruggs. <laughs> Dirty Harry. What the hell was I talking about? <laughs> All right, nerdy goodies. Go home. Yeah. 
Go back to the lake. <laughs> Get off my lake. <laughs> um, I thought Tim Blake Nelson was great. Uh, in the book, um, Mr. Pendan- Pendansky is supposed to be this kind of submissive guy who just kind of does whatever Mr. Sir says, who does what the warden says, whatever. Um, but he's also a kind of sympathetic to the kids, which comes off great in the book. But in the movie, he tries to come off as sympathetic, but it kind of comes off as condescending. Yes. Um, but I actually love that. Yeah, he is, because he was, like, sympathetic in the beginning, and then at the end, he, like... And, I mean, especially with Zero, like, he's fucking rude to Zero. (laughs) Like, because he calls everybody else by their birth-given name or whatever, however you say that, um... He calls everyone by their real name, but he calls Zero, Zero, which is obviously not his real name, but he calls him it because he's like, yeah, he's so stupid. And then, like, right before Zero runs away, he's patronizing him. Right. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, he, he crushed it. Like, that's why he really yeah. ran away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, he was great. But why why in, does in he have such disdain for, for Hector Zeroni? Like, like, why uh, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's already, like, he always says, like, you guys, like, you already screwed up your lives, um, so, like, try to make it better, and I guess probably because Zero, like, doesn't talk, and he even mentions, oh, do you think you're, like, better than all of better us? Better than us, right. Yeah. yeah, then, like, is that why you don't talk to us and stuff like that? And essentially, yeah, Zero was like, yeah, I just don't like answering their stupid, stupid questions. questions. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that's very thought, relatable I'm, now, too. I wrote that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, everyone I thinks know, I'm stupid like at camp. It's like, no, questions. I just don't like answering stupid Yeah, I know, and I need to get better at that, too. And then, yeah, I just, I don't want to answer stupid questions. Speaking of Zero, let's talk about yeah. Hector Zeroni. Mm-hmm. He is played by Cleo Thomas. Yeah. Which the only thing I have to say about Cleo Thomas is look at him now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. He glowed up. He did? No, yeah. <laughs> Let me just say that. Also, Cleo Thomas is like the coolest name ever. Right? Very cool. Yeah. I like, would... like, I mean, Thomas is a pretty common last name, but like Cleo spelled K H L E O. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird, though. He looks like someone, and I can't put my finger on it, but maybe he just looks like Zero. <laughs> he looks like Little Bow Wow, right? Oh, my God, yeah. 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 That's what It's like that. this one specific picture. That Are he you has, looking like, on ibttimes.com? That's where I'm looking. No, I'm just, I just Googled him, oh, okay. and it's just, well, like, his Google results. Yeah, just him now, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'll tell you what, because I was looking on um, the other website called ibttimes.com, and I'm so happy you brought this up, mm-hmm. because um, there's some fun facts here with casting, because he actually, they went through, like, a crazy, like, audition process, and he beat out Bow Wow and, I think, and Taj Maori for the part. Wow, no way. Yeah, it's oh, really little cool. Taj Maori. oh my god. How cool I that? love him. Me too. Yeah, and Romeo too. Oh all my god! That we knew wow. back then, and um, yeah, yeah, and like and they all, still like, know today. Yeah, because like I mean, I feel I don't know what he's doing now, 
But, like, I mean, I haven't heard of anything about Cleo Thomas since he's Holes. He's chilling pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he thinks that Zero would pretty much be doing exactly what what Cleo is doing, like, in real life. Yeah. yeah. Like, just chilling, just being himself. And I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. because he's a fucking, like, millionaire. So, oh, let's move on to the boys at the camp. Sure. So we got Squid, who is played by Jake M. Smith. Armpit, who is one of my favorites, um, played by Byron Cotton. X-Ray, played by Brendan Jefferson. Magnet, played by Miguel Castro. Zigzag, played by Max Cash. And Twitch, who is played by Noah Poltik, I want to say. I didn't include Barfbag in there because he's just such a small role. Like, he, he doesn't even have a speaking role, but um, those are, like, the main boys. I mean, Twitch comes in at the end, so it's basically just, like, Squid, Armpit, X-Ray, Magnet, and Zigzag. What did you think of all of them? I loved them. Um, I liked them all, like, together. It was interesting to see that, like, brotherhood that was, like, already determined. But I wish I, mm-hmm. we got to know how they came to be. Um, mm-hmm. Which actually, I because like, there's a second book. Yes. That, right, and um, it was gonna be about. I love this. It's about um, armpit and X-ray. Right, like three years after they get out, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a girl. So actually, I have it right here in the book. Yeah, there's a girl. Um, her name is Kyra. Um, but the book. Or the version of Holes, the book that I have, um, has a little excerpt from it. Let me see. It has what it's called, though. Small Steps. That's what Small Steps. There we go. Yeah, and it says, Find out more about Armpit and X-Ray after they've been released from Camp Green Lake. And um, actually, in that little excerpt, it says why X-Ray was sent to the camp. Please tell us why. He, it's actually really funny. He was trying to pass off oregano as marijuana wow. um, and, <laughs> and selling it. Yeah. So obviously he got caught and um, and then he was sent to Camp Greenleaf. Um, and that's why he was there. I'm not sure. I forget if it uh, mentions why Armpit was sent there. I don't think it. I don't think it was mentioned. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say now. So Armpit. When he gets out, like, he, he's, like, really hardworking. He's, like, saving up a bunch of money to, like, you know, get his own place and stuff like that. But in the book, it says that Magnet is the one, like, right at the end who goes up to Stanley and he's, like, call my mom, tell her I said I'm oh, sorry. Right, not but, Theodore. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, and in the, in the movie, it's, it's, it's Armpit that does that, but, um. Yeah, but in the book, it's it's Magnet. I don't know why they changed it up. I think because Armpit had a bigger presence in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to give him an arc somehow. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Were they were they portrayed? Um, so you think they like the same in in the book and the movie? Oh yeah, even, collectively. Yeah, and it's so weird. Like even down to race, when he writes, like he about the characters, like he wrote them in a lot of detail. So he he mentions race and, and they're all like, they were cast the same, same as they are on the book. Um, which I think is really awesome, um, that they stuck to that. Yeah. But then also there's like a bigger, like casting 
conversation too when it comes mm-hmm. to adapted stuff because I, I know like yeah. the go-to like casting like boo-boo was like the, <laughs> did you say boo-boo like the biggest you thing was, <laughs> was Emma Stone when she was um she played the Hawaiian um Oh my god, what was that movie? But basically, like, oh, in what was it? it was called like Aloha or something? Yeah, Aloha, and it's a lot of yeah. like, the cultural appropriation and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is crazy. So, but I, but like, but when we grew up, and this could be kind of dangerous to say, but mm-hmm. like, we're we grew up when with movies that did do it right and they did right. do casting correctly. So it's not yeah. that this is like a a huge thing like that's wrong all the time like sometimes mm-hmm. they get it right and this is one of the movies that did it and I think that's mm-hmm. definitely worth talking about um, I definitely agree that I mean that's yeah. definitely part of a bigger conversation that I can just go on about especially being an Asian American woman and hearing that they were going to cast an American woman as Mulan right that I mean, this, like, makes me fear it, especially because, like, that movie is coming out, like, now in, like, the 2010s. I mean, I don't know when the exact date is coming out, but, like, it's coming out in a time where, like, that shit is fucking important. And I just couldn't believe it. I don't think they're actually doing it. I think they did get an an Asian woman to play her, but, like... Yes. I just... 2020, it comes out. 2020, okay. Yeah, well, that... Hopefully that leads to, like, when we keep reading and watching more movies, like... Mm-hmm. how authors intended characters to be yeah and I, I love I love looking out for that stuff too because even when I write my own stuff I of course I have a vision of like what I want my characters to look like but that's just because I'm like playing my own personal movie in my head um but I always leave the description open and I, I like I'd want it I mean, not that I have any readers, but, like, if I ever did, like, I'd have, yeah, I'd have the reader, like, I'd want the reader to to interpret that um, for themselves, because that's my favorite part about reading books, is that I have a little movie going on in my head, and I have my own little cast in my head of, like, what I think they look like, which makes it fun, but... Yeah, I do appreciate that because Lewis Carr was so specific on what these boys looked like, that they did, like, honor that in the casting of the movie. Even with Madame Zeroni, who we should talk yeah. about next, just because I mentioned her. Yeah, let's talk about um, Eartha Kitt. That's, like, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I didn't, when I first watched it, obviously, I did not know who Eartha Kitt was. And now I know she's just, like, this iconic woman who just, like, happened to be in a hole. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And it's, it's just... like, wait, she's the Santa baby lady? Like, you have no idea. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I, I just... No, it's true. I had no idea. Oh. Mm-hmm. And she actually, in the book, she is described as a woman with dark skin and a smile that was too big for her face. And, and that is exactly... Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Oh, I wonder oh my if God. the like, director was just like, it's Eartha. Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, if she, if Eartha doesn't do this, we're not doing the movie. <laughs> oh, can I say my favorite Madame Zeroni quote? Yes, I'm sure we have. It's actually, like... it's actually an insult when I want. I love it though. And she, so she's talking about Myra Menke, um, or Myra Menke, and so she says Myra's head is as empty as a flower pot, mm-hmm. and then Elia says, but she's beautiful, and then. 
Madame Zeroni says, so is a flower pot. Oh my god, I love that so much. I'm like, I could use that on so many people. It reminds me of of a line in Christmas Vacation. I'm I'm still in Christmas mode, I'm sorry. Because when when Clark, you know, when he does like he does the lights on the on the house and then it doesn't work and he and then Mm -hmm. his his father-in-law is just like like insulting him, and then he's like, "You worked really hard, gra- uh, Grandma." And then he's like, "Still do washing machines." <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my god! god. I, love it. <laughs> I totally butchered explaining that whole thing. It's fine. No, I got what you were saying though, and I loved it. So next is obviously the warden, who she doesn't have a name in the in the book, oh. but they kind of give her a name in the movie. So. The warden is played by, of course, the great uh, Sigourney Weaver. Is that how you say her name? Sigourney? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. And again, perfect casting. My favorite part of the movie is how they, like, introduce her. Yeah. Because, and they do the same thing in the book where, like, they don't talk about her. They don't, when they say, the, when they're talking about the warden, they don't use any pronouns. They just say the warden. And obviously you assume, like, someone who's the warden is, like, this big guy, like, big scary guy. And then, like, she comes, she steps out of the car with her fucking badass cowboy boots and jeans. And then she has, like, her floral blouse tucked in. She just looks so fucking hot. I'm just gonna say it. She does. Um, But I was like, that is, like, the perfect way to introduce her and for us to be like, oh, shit. Like, this is a plot twist. She's a girl. Like, she's a woman. (laughs) But in the book, it's not as dramatic, which I kind of, like, resent. But still, plot twist. But they did it better in the movie. See, that's that's really cool to know. See, that, that, oh, because who says that we, that we, there aren't strong roles for women? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. like, with these small things, but these meant so much to, like, our generation. And it's interesting because our generation is, well, like, hugely, like, behind, rightfully so, like, the whole movement to get, like, stronger mm-hmm. roles, but it's not that they never existed, and I think right. that's, like, something yeah. that's, like, super important to me, is just acknowledging the fact that, like, no, I I grew up with these killer, like, awesome, badass people, so. Yeah, I agree. But, um, I agree. but that's interesting that they made it a bigger deal in the yeah. movie, but probably I think, because I love they that have they to win Yeah, she, she was perfect, and even in the movie, they even more made it sound like she was a man, um, not only because they didn't use pronouns, but in the movie, her name is, I'm guessing, Louise, but they call her Lou. So, Mr. Pendansky, when they find the lipstick tube, she's like, Lou, you better get down here. So we're like, okay, Lou, it's a guy, it's a guy, and then she gets there, and and it's a girl, which I think was a great detail to include. Um, well, was that like, like, the issue with the Mary Lou boat? I don't think so. I don't think it would have been, only because... So her grandfather was Trout Walker, who owned the lake, and he was obviously also the one that killed Sam. So obviously, like, he doesn't like Sam. So I don't, I don't think that, at least on purpose, like, would have anything to do with Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm guessing it's just a coincidence that that happened because, I mean, there are other unisex names that they could right. have used, but... Maybe. Or maybe it was just, yeah. like, a like a slip, like, 
too. You know? Yeah, maybe they just didn't even think about it. Yeah, because yeah, well, on on IMDb they just list her as the warden. Yeah, um, but she does technically have a name because they do call her Lou, and we know that she's Trout Walker's granddaughter. So we assume that her last name is Walker, but then I think actually at the end, the lawyer and this attorney general, whoever it is that comes, they actually call her Miss Walker. So Stanley's family is cursed because Elia Yelnats, Stanley's great-great-grandfather, his dirty, rotten, no-good, dirty, rotten, pig-stealing great-great-grandfather, Elia Yelnats, (laughs) (laughs) uh, was supposed to, well, he wanted to marry Myra, and in order to do that, he needed a, a pig. And so Madame Zeroni gave him the runt of the litter and was like, carry him up the mountain and uh, sing this song while he drinks from the water. And every day he'll get bigger, every day he'll get stronger. And then you can marry Myra. But after that, like, you need to bring Madame Zeroni up the mountain or your family will be cursed forever and all eternity. <laughs> whatever she says and so uh, that is what they think kicks off all of the Yelnats family bad luck which is why they're always in the wrong place at the wrong time but in the end we find out it's destiny (laughs) that they all that it was supposed to happen that way and Stanley and Zero meet and he's able to uh relieve the family of the curse by carrying the great-great-grandson of Madame Zeroni up the mountain, which just come, comes full circle, and I love it. I love that. <laughs> Definitely. And it's just, it's just such a cool, like, random thing, too. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole, so the whole thing with, with that curse, so he goes, he gets the pig. There's another guy who wants to marry Myra, who's, yes. like, this crazy, like, old, fat... Yeah, yeah he's, like, like, 50 years old, fat, yeah, disgusting. Guy. And the girl's just, like... Well, whatever pig is bigger, whatever, and he's like, "No, I love you. You know what? Keep the freaking pig." Yeah, she's like, "Wait, let me let me choose a number from one to ten. <laughs> I mean, first of all, good for Elia because yes, you should not settle for a girl that like can't even. I mean, first of all, can we just talk about how attractive Elia Yelnats was in that movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if okay. this girl cannot choose between that and like this fat piece of shit Igor or whatever the hell his name is. Like, <laughs> what hum? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, good for Elia for doing that, but also shame on him for forgetting about Madame Zeroni. Because that, actually that was book, my question. How do you forget to go back I for know, Madame Zeroni? Especially, like I don't understand. <laughs> this woman is like a fortune teller with one leg. Like you do not forget her. <laughs> You do not forget someone like that. And in the book, they're good friends, too. Like, not only, like, does he just go to her for advice because she's, like, this fortune teller or whatever, it's they're actually friends in, in the book, which I, I guess they don't really touch on in the movie. Um, so, but, so that makes it even worse. It's like you forgot about your friend right. <laughs> who is, like, disabled, basically. And, like, she just wants to drink from the water in the mountain to get stronger and like you forget about her because you're mad that the girl that you love is fucking dumb so (laughs) yeah so he's broken heart that you're still yeah don't don't forget about your friends yeah advice from along those lines don't forget about your friends (laughs) (laughs) drink to that (laughs) yes hold on let me take a drink of that yeah, I need one too. I'm getting a flashback of my own now with <laughs> relationship problems. 
Oh, God, no. We're not going to go into that. This is a happy place. Oh, another thing. If we're going to talk about, like, how it was made and, like, editing and stuff like that. How much, <laughs> how much did you love slash hate all of the really blurry slow motion? <laughs> I, I, I love I loved them. I think it's just classic 2000s. It is. Because like, like, they're in the desert, so you're going to have mm-hmm. those, like, heated... Yeah. yeah shots too like a uh-huh. truck and like with the sunflower seeds like that scene and um yeah. yeah but like literally like anything dramatic happens and they like put it in slow motion right and even the trailer like, too because it's like that like that with like the pig song that ah! oh yeah <laughs> and then with the slow motion just like walking um, yeah so i i love that i thought that was like because that just is true to the style of the time and I, I oh it. yeah i mean that's everything that they did back then in slow motion like looked like that and now obviously we have like the slow motion cameras that do that at a very high shutter speed so it makes it smoother but this is like it just made me I'm, I'm not like bashing on it at all I just it, I think it just it ties the movie it just it's a part of the movie I'm just like yes that is the style of the movie but it just reminds me of like when I was younger and I'd make movies on like windows movie maker and stuff like that and i'd like i'd throw on like 10 of the slow motion effect and it would look like (laughs) (laughs) because like it makes it more cinematic and and, like i guess more literary too in a way because yeah because now everything and there's nothing wrong with this there's like the way things changing everything is more true to life um yeah with this like you yeah Which is where I can disagree a little bit just because I, when I'm watching a movie, obviously I know I'm watching a movie, but like I don't want it to feel like I'm watching a movie, you know what I mean? It's like if in one of the shots you could see like the boom pole or whatever. It's kind of like that, yeah. But I mean, I mean, like it, the slow motion wasn't that bad where I was like, oh my god, but like because it was just like true to the times like you said because in 2003 I don't think they were investing a lot of money into slow motion cameras so (laughs) yeah 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 exactly and maybe when I while I was watching and reading this I would I had the nostalgia goggles on so I was just like I don't care what's wrong with this movie it's perfect (laughs) I know, we really should. They're just like the Wayfair sunglasses. <laughs> yes. And nostalgia goggles, yes. I have to write those down and, and patent them. Okay, well, let's talk about Kissing Kate Barlow because she, if I were to become a serial killer in the Wild Wild West back in the 1800s, I, or I guess 1900s she was in. I would want to be kissing Kate Barlow. Because how badass is it that she is like this beautiful, blonde, tall, classic, classy woman. And she just goes around shooting people that have done her wrong. And then kissing them with her bright red lipstick. I think that is so badass. Because, okay, let me just come right out and say it. I'm not a murderer. (laughs) I'm not a sociopath, I'm not a psychopath, but if I was, (laughs) 
I've always, and I've, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's thought about this. If I was, my MO would be to kill the men that have done me wrong in a way that scares them. So I would take them, I would take their biggest fear and I would somehow like use that against them and kill them with like their biggest fear, like depending on what it was. And then I always said that I would, I would chop their, their thingies off afterwards. <laughs> but I know that's a little bit different than Kate Barlow, but still kind of like the same thing. Like she, she's done, she's been done wrong and she wants to avenge her, her lover, which is just classic and I love it. <laughs> so let's talk about kissing Kate Barlow's death. There is a difference in the book and in the movie. So in the book, she she does get confronted by Trout Walker and his new wife, who used to be Kate's student, which is a little bit creepy because Trout is like a lot older than she is. They drag her out of her house and they just kind of drag her out like into the front yard or whatever. And she accidentally gets bit by a yellow spotted lizard and dies. So she doesn't commit suicide like she doesn't in the book or in the movie, I mean. Yeah, so I mean, it was it's the same in the book like she it was her name was like Linda Miller and she married Trout for like his money. She could, and she was obviously like a lot younger than Trout. So yeah, she's a gold digger as Kanye West would say. Mhm. 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 Yeah, it's like you think it would. I don't I don't know. It's Yeah, it was it was weird because I was like okay with it. But then yeah, like now that you mention it, it's like yeah, that's heavy like she committed suicide because she just like had enough with this like rebel lifestyle I guess and just wanted to see Sam again which is really sad but yeah which also is another like detail that they added in the movie that was not in the book is that she died like on Sam's boat but also brings me to fast forward to when Zero finds the boat why isn't there a skeleton there (laughs) Like, because maybe, yeah, maybe it was just, like, so old, the bones just eroded and disintegrated. I don't know, maybe. But, yeah, so I don't know. Which is also disgusting, because they're 100 years old and he was eating them, but. Oh, one more thing before we start talking about uh, Stanley and Zero's relationship. Um, I told my sister I'd mention this because it's just one of our favorite quotes in the whole entire movie and it's when the warden is talking about when she was little and her grandpa who and who is Trout Walker like is forcing her to dig holes and she goes I'm tired of this grandpa and he goes that's just too damn bad keep digging (laughs) and I don't know why we think it's so (laughs) 
It really was. Yeah, the way he says it, and then we just say that to each other all the time when we're, like, pretending to be annoyed by, like, something. Like, if my sister will go tell me to do something, I'm just like, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. <laughs> so good. So the very, very last thing that we want to touch on is Stanley and Zero's relationship. Obviously, we love them in the movie. They're just, like, the cutest kids. And they have kind of this, like, uh, brother dynamic by the end. But in the book, I didn't feel like their relationship was like, as developed as it was in the movie. Because in the book, Stanley is a little even kind of standoffish towards Zero because he kind of wants to fit in with the other guys. But in the movie, he is sort of like that in the beginning, but then once the the reading starts, their relationship develops more and then they kind of open up to each other. And then this like brotherhood dynamic kind of comes into play. And I just felt it was a lot more developed in the movie than it was in the book. Sorry, Louis Sakar, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's destiny. <laughs> yeah, like he, I mean, he was like the big brother kind of figure and just like kind of knew best. But then he was like, yeah, let's just dig one more hole. Like, let's see if this is true like this whole treasure thing um because he was feeling lucky because the curse got broken <laughs> but I love that like I I'm I mean like it's uh, it's a kid's book but I just I love the whole story like how how there's so many facets to the story and it all just like came together at the end which is what you want yeah and it's exactly what you want in a story I know what I said. At the end, in the book, in the movie, they said that you just have to fill in the holes yourself. And that's it. And that, yes, you can just fill in the holes ourselves. And that is our little talk about holes, the book, and the movie. The classic, yes, classic. I know, thank you so much for doing this with me. How did you think it went? Yes, he was Stanley's dad. Uh, Stanley Yelnats III, I think he would be. Yes, every, America's dad, Henry Winkler. Yeah, just... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, that's great. I love it. That's, I mean, great theme song. <laughs> 
Sunday, Monday, happy days. Yeah, I actually learned that. I've never seen the show, but, like, I learned that in, like, my fifth grade chorus class or something like that. We would have to sing that. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> Classic theme song. Yes. Oh, that was another thing that I actually wrote down that I forgot to mention is that theme song that everybody knows. It's like, digging up those holes, digging. <laughs> and then they actually, at the end, like in the credits, if you listen to the entire thing, each of the boys gets their own verse. And they like kind of rap about their character and it's so cute. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, great song. I just get so excited when I hear it, like, that opening title come up, and I'm like, yes. In for a great story. Which is what we reviewed. I, I approve of this, of this adaptation. This book-to-movie adaptation gets a thumbs up from me. Yes. Yeah, it is spot, spot on, which is great. Yes. Love it. And even if, like, for those of you who are listening, even if you don't want to read the book, I guess it's fine. Because <laughs> if you just watch the movie, you're still, you're going to get the same story told to you. And it's just one of the, the greatest stories ever told. <laughs> Which may be an exaggeration, but, I mean, it's like we said in the beginning, it's just pure nostalgia. And I love it. But one more thing really quick uh, before the show ends, just to decompress and kind of get away from all our pretentious movie talk and everything. As we've told you guys, G and I are just out of college trying to figure out this adult life and any kind of achievement, even the smallest of feats, is something to celebrate. Even just doing our laundry for the week or cooking a meal instead of going out to eat <laughs> is an achievement in our lives at this point and especially in the new year it's always great to set goals for yourself no matter how small they are so Gia I just want to know what your goal for the week is no matter how small it is just what do you want to accomplish this week Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that is a really good long-term goal, too, not just for the week just for every day I like I love that I know my goal is going to be to apply to at least one job in the television industry because uh, I yes because I kind of got away from that because I'm 
you know, I'm settling in here and I finally got settled in my job that I have now, which is with a great company, but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life because it's not with like, it's not working at a studio. It's not with working with a television show or anything. Um, and obviously that's what I want to do. So by the end of the week, hopefully I will have applied to at least one job, hopefully more, but I'm going to set my goal at one (laughs) so that I don't disappoint myself (laughs) because one is doable. (laughs) Yeah, it it does because I even, I have to redo my resume and stuff and I hate looking at my resume because it's sad, but, (laughs) um, yeah. Yeah, I need to like I need to figure out what lies I'm going to put on it this time. So <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But um yeah. So that's hopefully we will have achieved some some portion of our goals for next week or for next time that we do the show. Um and I hope you guys tune in next time because we are going to be doing drum roll. Jurassic Park! (laughs) Yes, another classic that I feel like a lot of people don't even realize that it was a book before it was a movie. And it's actually one of my favorite books and movies because it just, when I read the book, it makes me feel really smart. (laughs) So next week, or in two weeks, I think that's when we decided because the book is pretty long, so it's going to take me a little bit to finish it again but hopefully we can get into some science stuff and make us feel a little bit smarter but yeah I know I just ugh. yeah that's another one I could talk for hours about but I guess we'll have to cut it down to like an hour so <laughs> all right anyways thank you so much Gia thank you Cine Sports Talk Network we love you guys of course I'm gonna thank you literally every single time we do this because this is it was like yeah, I mean, it was, like, one of my dreams in the past year <laughs> to do, like, a podcast slash, like, radio show, so I'm really glad we get to do it together. Yeah, honestly, um, well, I hope that we can keep doing it, but for now, we're going to go to bed. Yes, so thank you for staying up with me, <laughs> and see you next time. Bye.